Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, welcome to Selfie. Well, today we're going to be talking about how to process another mass shooter, specifically with this one. How do you process when you see that the people who are supposed to be helping are not actually helping? I think that adds um, a very complicated and devastating layer to all of this. Um, We're also going to be answering a listener question that's a follow-up to our convo last week about butterflies and dating and whether or not to trust them. Um, This listener is asking about that evangelical culture downplaying the value of feelings. So we're going to talk about the balance there between trusting our feelings and being swept up by our feelings. Um, But first, Matthias and I are going to do a little self-care check-in with one another. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. We are (laughs) recording this on June 1st. It's fun. My kids all, um, well, most of them had little like plans for their outfits this morning. cute. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know. It was was pretty cute. (laughs) Karis is wearing, I have an old do you remember you're younger than me do you remember the legalized gay um campaign i like vaguely yes i mean this was like i want to say like madonna was a spearhead of it okay but there were t-shirts that said legalized gay and i have an old vintage one and she wore that to school today pretty cute Uh, i love that yeah (laughs) that's so fun uh have you been so tired i'm so tired we have a lot going on right now um i think i've mentioned this i mean we have a lot going on but it's it's all first word problems Mm. but you know as we know that does not always you know our body does not always distinguish between first world stress and you know actual trauma um but anyway so we are in the process of remodeling our back house which is where one of our kids sleeps, so everyone's a little upended. Um, and by remodeling, let me say, because that sounds exciting, this is not yeah. exciting, remodeling. Oh, no. <laughs> the um, foundation was slumping into the ground. Oh, yeah, that is not fun. So it's just an incredibly expensive thing that results in it looking exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's no fun at all. Like, so expensive. Yeah, foundations are hard. Oh my gosh. Well, apparently the person I bought this house from some 17 years ago um, just poured a big old concrete slab back there with no rebar. Delightful. Sitting on, you know, I live, you know, five miles from the ocean. So it's just sitting on wet, sandy clay. Yep. Yep. So anyway, um, that is being remediated Um, We are preparing for my nephew and his boyfriend visiting. Um, So we're under a mad dash to try to get it finished because we're going to have extra people in the house. 
So we're just like musical chairs with where everyone is sleeping. And then I am, you know, still in the process of planning our Europe trip, which should be fun, but I'm managing to make a stress ball. So, you know, yeah, it's all fine and good things, but um, yeah, I'm, f- yeah. I'm feeling it. Oh, I hear that. Yep. Yep. And, you know, COVID just manages to suck the joy out of everything. And one of the results of that is, you know, we're planning this trip to Europe. Like, you can no longer just mosey about a European city and take in a museum or an artifact when you feel like it. Everything is a timed entry now. Mm. So, you know, I'm having to plan this trip by the minute. Oh, gosh. So that's a little bit stressful, too. That's really stressful. I mean, I don't know how you travel, but I do not travel in a way that's by the minute at all. No. <laughs> no. Like hell to me. <laughs> it is. I mean, let, let me just be completely honest. When we were in New York City, I had gotten us timed entry tickets for things. We missed most of them. Yeah. Just yeah. because we slept in or we just weren't ready or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it makes the trip feel really different when you can't just like roll up to the Coliseum. You have to like have an entry time for it. Anyway, womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? You know, uh, I like, I, I'm I don't like, I don't even know how to answer that question anymore, which I think I've said a million times, but, but yeah, like, it's true. I like, well, considering I, I don't know. I, I think I mentioned I was getting ready to go on vacation a couple episodes. I went to Palm Springs with some friends. Yes. That it looks was so fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a blast. So good to get away. Um, but I picked up a cold, which is a thing again. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what is that? And like, I realized I've forgotten what it's like to be sick. Like, because I really, you know, didn't really get sick over the pandemic, thankfully. And so to have just the common cold, because that's all it is. I've yeah. tested negative for COVID many a time. Yeah. Um, it's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. So I, I've been trying to work with... <laughs> just being sick again. Yeah. Like, oh, sitting stinks. Around, binging TV. Like, yeah. Well, so, and I don't know about you, but like, I know so many people with actual COVID right now, too. Right. Like, yes. That seems to be. Oh, totally. I was convinced up. it was COVID. Like, I was like, I if, know. if I don't get COVID from traveling, like, I mean, like, Palm Springs existed in this world of where, like, COVID didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. And I was like, like, I, you know, made out with people in a club. I'm like, I'm going to get COVID. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but just got a cold. So. That's funny. I mean, I'll take that, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad you got that getaway, though. Me too. Yeah. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. Mm. Well, what have you got for two thumbs up today? Yeah, well, speaking of Palm Springs, I, I deeply believe that everyone should wear a caftan in Palm Springs. Um, and I so, deeply believe everyone should wear a caftan every day. This is true. They're so lovely. But I yeah. didn't have a caftan. And so I went shopping for one and found this super cute one uh, that's like, I don't know that it's technically a caftan. They call it a caftan. It doesn't It doesn't quite line up in my head, but it, it works. It's like this giant maxi dress kind of caftan thing that was cheap 
cute, fun to wear out in the sun by the pool, <gasps> sipping oh a drink. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the link. I have this. Do you? <laughs> yes. I have this. Jen Hatmaker has this. Three of my local friends have it. In fact, we all wore it one, one night on the same night. It's the best. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> it's just giant flowy fabric. It's so fun. Like, I loved every minute in it. There's so oh, many yeah. different fun patterns. I just got a black one because I'm boring, but like... That's cute. And I it's have it flattering. in black, and then I have it in the tie-dye. Oh, fun. Which is also very cute. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll, like, tie it at the bottom if I want it, you know, to be a cute. little more structured. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, you can wear it out if you want to. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I didn't wear it out. I just wore it by the pool. But... Oh, my gosh, I love it. Yeah, I love that <laughs> thing. So funny. A lot. Everyone needs this caftan. Yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> we did, I don't know if you probably don't know this, but like years ago in our first season, we did an entire episode of Haunt Captains. Yes, I didn't know that. <laughs> and how much we love them. <laughs> we are big fans. Uh, yeah, they're great. What about you? Okay, well, I finally, I don't know why I did not own one before. I finally bought myself like a back brush. Oh. In the shower. I Honestly, Kristen, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, I, but like, I knew it was a thing. I've never had one. And now I'm like, what, have I just not been washing my back properly? <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, my back was like, I have eczema and it was just getting itchy. And I'm like, ooh, I need this. So anyway, I bought it. It's like 10 bucks. It yeah. has on one side hard bristles, on the other side soft. And it just feels really nice. Like, hmm to get that skin, to exfoliate that skin. But then also it's nice if like you're ever itchy, it just kind of works as a back scratcher. Oh, but yes, neat. I love it. And then my kids all were like, whoa. So I ended up buying one for every child. Magic. Yeah. So kind of fun. Yeah. Highly recommend. That, that sound was magical in the background. <laughs> yeah, that was, let me tell you what that was. That was my alarm to myself to get my laundry out. Oh, it's a very pleasant <laughs> alarm. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's the song to, um, what is it? Elf. Oh, yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, yeah that, that is my um, yeah. that is my alarm sound. But that was me. We have so many people in the house that we have a rule that when you put your laundry in, you have to set a timer so that you'll move it so people aren't waiting on your laundry. Smart. So that was yeah, me that trying sense. to practice what I preach and move my laundry on time. <laughs> the joys uh, of large families. Wait, so Kristen, are we like, are you supposed to like scrub your back? Is that a thing? Well, I don't know. I don't okay. know. But now that I am scrubbing my back, I feel like we should be. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I just want to clarify that. <laughs> Last week, I had spent 47 years never doing that. So okay. I don't want to sound too, you know, <laughs> sanctimonious here. <laughs> I don't know. This week, um, today, I think it's vitally important. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but last Wednesday, I did not. Great. Good to know. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe try that then. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, yeah. it is also just a nice sensory experience. It does sound nice. You know. I, I don't need any excuses to stay in the shower longer. Exactly. But it Still, though, it looks, it sounds lovely. Yeah. And then you can put like a little, like I use this like oil soap 
you know, in the shower. Mm-hmm. And then your back feels all nice and soft. Wait, is that a bar also? No, that one is actually not a bar. That one is one where my eczema requires like something in a in a bottle. Oh. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Sadly. Neat. Well, you wanna um you wanna read our listener question? Sure. Yeah, I'll summarize because it's, yes, <laughs> it's a little summarize bit long. it. Yes, please. Um, so th- this person was asking, this was asked in, in the selfie Facebook group. Um the, the question of how do you kind of tell the difference between what is real feeling mm-hmm. and what is your nervous system based off of the conversation we had last week that was yes. saying you can't tr- like butterflies are not always a sign of true love. Yes. Um, and, and this person's asking, so how do we navigate that when we've been told, especially by evangelical culture, that we can't trust our feelings? Yes. <laughs> how do we know what to trust and what not to trust if butterflies aren't always a good sign yes um and that's like such a good question it's such a good question because i mean i know exactly what they mean like i can remember getting those messages of like you can't trust your feelings and marriage is a choice love is a choice and i can even remember in my dating life sometimes dating guys that like i i wasn't even really attracted to them but they like seemed good on paper And then I would tell myself, like, well, this is okay because love is a choice. Mm. When it's like, no, I'm actually not sexually attracted to this person. Right. (laughs) At all. Right. Yep. Yep. And and I think here it's really important, and we didn't talk about this last week, um, but to to distinguish between what's what some people call limerence (laughs) and what some people or what is true connection. Yes. Um, And and limerence is that kind of experience of infatuation with someone, that kind of nervousness, the um, excitement that that really relies on a fantasy structure. Mm -hmm. So you meet a person and start developing kind of a fantasy around what your life is going to be with that person Mm -hmm. and then feel all the feelings based off of that as Mm -hmm. opposed to actually checking in with your body in the moment whether you're feeling a connection, what you're feeling, and that's easier said than done. <laughs> it's it's yeah. really hard, but it's an important distinguishment to make. Yeah, and you po- you posted a video, and we'll post it in the show notes about this concept of limerence, which is a new concept to me. Mm-hmm. But it makes so much sense, and just that distinction of with limerence. It's really being fueled by your own desires and not necessarily by reality. Right. So you're not you're not gathering these feelings based on the evidence the other person is providing to you. You're gathering these feelings because you desperately want something so badly that when someone comes along, you shove them into that hole. Precisely. Shove them yes. into that story, into that narrative, whether or not they fit. Right. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. just like that resonated with me so much. Me too. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I made my teenagers watch that video. Did you? Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a good video. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, because it, I already I've I've seen my kids do that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think right. I think that's very common for teens. Totally. You know, um, but yeah, some of us might have carried that into adult life. I don't know. <laughs> what? Not me. Other people. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think it's a yes and like there's nuance there because you don't want to rely simply on feelings 
But you also want to be attracted. There right. should be something. Yes. Yeah. And and I think what like one of the things that the woman in this video, her name's Heidi Preeb, uh, mentions is like actual sexual attraction is a really embodied feeling mm-hmm. as opposed to the kind of excitement that comes maybe when you're not even with a person. And mm-hmm. Sure, there's nuance there. Of course, there can be attraction when you're not with a person. But, but she does make that um, distinction between what embodied sexual attraction looks like as opposed to being attracted to this version of someone you have in your head, the yes. story that you're making up, which is yes. a, it's a very different feeling in your body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is so true because it's, you know, that embodied attraction is specific to the other person as opposed to just being like a, yay, I'm finally with someone. Right. Feeling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's also interesting. Mm-hmm. All of that to say, go watch that video. Yes. Watch it again and again and again. <laughs> yes. We will link it up. We will link it so up for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, since our last um, time of recording, there was a horrible school shooting. And I think it's, do you s- pronounce it Uvalde? Oh, I don't know, Kristen. I actually haven't watched or heard. <laughs> I yeah. I have seen it on the internet and Twitter. Right. So I've all only, my yeah, same, been reading about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think Uh-oh. it's Uvalde. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a horrible school shooting. I think at this point, it was it's up to 19 people um, who've, who've lost their life. But, you know, I think that this one, for me at least, feels all the more devastating just because as the footage is coming out, the police officers that were called to the scene didn't really respond. They were there. They were holding parents back from entering. They um, really failed to contain or apprehend the guy for an hour. And there's there were students, you know, desperately calling the police, police send the police. And, you know, this takes me back to like, I've heard this saying, and I think it's loosely attributed to Mr. Rogers. I don't know if it's true, but it's like, you know, in a, in a crisis, look to the helpers. And these kids looked to the helpers, these parents looked to the helpers, and they really failed us. And it's just this, for me, this desperation of number one, that we keep letting this happen without putting any gun control forward. And then number two, that the people who have been entrusted to protect fail to do so. So it's it's a it's a lack of protection on on two fronts, that just feels so unjust. So unjust. And and so sickening yes <laughs> like it, it, it's i mean i have felt for the past week like i just want to throw up like I know. It, it is awful yeah it's awful and, and then to process it like, like like i think there's this this especially when we're just observers like we have to almost partition off <laughs> those feelings in order to be mm-hmm. able to function but then to also sit in sessions with clients as they're mm-hmm. trying to process it like yeah uh, it, you know then that has opened me up <laughs> to yeah. my own emotional experience like it it is so hard to even know what to do how mm-hmm. to sit with these feelings when there's such a overwhelming sense of helplessness mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think it is that, that feeling of, of helplessness and hopelessness that, yeah. you know, that, that this keeps happening. Right. You know, that this isn't, it, it isn't a one-off. It isn't, you know, just a freak accident, tragedy, you know, isolated incident, but that it keeps happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it every time this happens, it sparks also a national conversation on mental health. And I mean, I'm sure you have some feelings about this as well as a therapist, but it's incredibly frustrating to hear people point to mental health when we are doing nothing in this country to provide accessible mental health services. Yes. Like nothing. Right. right. Like, I mean, that mental health conversation is is just a, sta- a scapegoat at this point. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's, it's in some ways, it's not even true. Like, in other ways, it is true. But, like, <laughs> that, that sense of, oh, it's just mental health. Like, if we had mental health services or if that person got help, got help, it wouldn't have happened. And, like, bullshit. <laughs> there are mental health crises in every country. Yes. And, you know, in many instances, much worse than here. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I know that Americans, we do have a mental health crisis. 100% I believe that. But, you know, my proximity to the country of Haiti, having adopted from there and visited a lot. I mean, the Haitians have been through devastating earthquakes, political unrest. Like, you know, talk about mental health crisis. Right. They are living under, you know, constant traumatic stressors. No one is going and shooting up schools in Haiti. Right. So, again, it just has to come back to, yes, we're having mental health crises worldwide. But, like, what are we doing to make sure that those in a crisis are not taking others down with them? Right. Like... (laughs) There's some meme going around that it was like, if I see a kid hit another kid with a stick, I'm not going to blame the stick. I'm going to blame the kid, but I'm also going to take the stick away. Totally. And like, I mean, that feels, I mean, to me, that feels like common sense. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I do agree. And, you know, I think, I mean, it's interesting because I know a lot of people, you know, have said things like, well, um, don't bring politics into it or like, why are you going to policy? But I just, I also think it is a natural human tendency when something terrible happens to quickly move to, how do we prevent this from happening again? Yep. Like that is a normal response. Right. Which is inherently political then. (laughs) Right. Well, it shouldn't be. That's the other thing. This should not be partisan. Right. And when when I say political, I mean, like, I that know. that yeah. has to be solved on a political yes. level. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I, I do think that there is, it, it's a bit of gaslighting to shame people for immediately moving to how do we make sure this never happens again? Yeah. You know, right. I think of that as a natural human response to something that feels helpless and hopeless. Like, mm-hmm. what can we do? Yeah. But yeah, say say a little bit more. I mean, you kind of mentioned this, but like you know, it's tough because our our news cycle now, we know about tragedy tragedy happening every minute, everywhere. How do we find that balance of being informed while not like taking every single tragedy as our own personal tragedy? That is hard. Yeah. 
I, I mean, what I'm about to say, I personally am not good at, but I've been trying to practice it. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I think one of the first steps there is being very intentional and aware of how we consume news, how we consume media. Like, yeah. I think I heard. I think. <laughs> it was Rob Bell a long time ago on his podcast did an episode on consuming news yeah <laughs> and he t he talked about how you know 15 20 years ago we, we were still in an an era where we got a newspaper or we watched the evening news right yeah. and so our exposure mm -hmm. was very limited yes and uh he kind of challenged folks to try to craft that kind of experience even in in this life turning off push notifications being aware of who you follow on twitter and then so that you almost have to actively seek news and then setting a practice for yourself of doing that in a time frame every day mm -hmm. 10 15 20 minutes of even subscribing to a physical newspaper and reading it yeah. which i tried that was hard <laughs> yeah yeah it is hard yeah I mean, it's funny because I can even remember, you know, 10 years ago, not that long ago, but just, you know, before I really used Twitter as a source of news, like I would watch the Anderson Cooper show every evening. Yeah. And that's how I got my news. And like, it was limited to that hour. Right. And I was informed, but then I moved on and I, you know, I kind of, I could time when I was going to watch it, but now it does kind of feel like it is like, all, it's a fire hose situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, which I mean, when we're constantly being exposed to that, like that does have an effect on our nervous system. It, it does. doesn't allow us to come down. Yes. Um, and and so I, I think it's really important to build in those, I, I guess, rests. Yeah. <laughs> for our bodies. Yeah. So that we can actually metabolize what we're taking in instead of being in a constant state of heightened anxiety, awareness. Yeah. Panic, rage, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then just being, you know, m being mindful of just the importance of being present in our own life, you know, mm -hmm. um, that like, as we're watching tragedy unfold around us, like we, you know, making sure that we're still connected with our own people. thanks for listening just a heads up we're therapists but we're not your therapists this podcast is not a substitute for therapy and by making it we're not rendering psychological or other professional services if you need therapy we recommend you track down someone to help join us online for more of the conversation in our selfie community facebook group or on instagram at at selfie podcast 